0: Hello, and thank you for joining us on the 21 News Podcast. I'm Matt Stone, and I'm here with Dennis Kushan, who is the president of Harm Reduction, Ohio. And what we wanted to talk to Dennis about today is what seems to be a horrible year for overdose deaths. And the, and the, the stats look like this. 21 is on track to be the Ohio's deadliest year for overdose deaths. Now last year there were 5,017 overdose deaths and we're expected to exceed that number this year. So the news is not looking good uh, for this uh, problem that's plaguing Ohio. Now I'm here with Dennis and, you know, Dennis, the first question I just wanted to ask you is, uh, you know, we're, we're getting a lot of money uh, in, o- in Ohio, a record $808 million uh, we're getting from the distributors of uh, those companies who help to spread opioids. What should happen with this money? Who should be involved in deciding where this money is going to be spent?
1: It should be involved, the people who should be involved are the people who are suffering from overdose cash, like the impacted population, people who have lost loved ones to overdose death. Right now, there's gonna be 19 regions, Youngstown, And um, Trumbull are its own region. So it's the question is like, who's gonna be put on those boards to allocate the funds? And Trumbull is gonna get um, 3 million or more. Um, Mahoning County gonna get 2 million or more. And that doesn't count. Youngstown gets another 575,000. So there's a lot of money. The big problem that Youngstown and Warren County area have is you're the only metro area in Ohio without a needle exchange or a syringe service program. So since you don't have that, you don't really have any programs that interact with the population of people who are an active use of drugs. So the highest priority should be starting a syringe program so that people who are using drugs and are at great risk of an overdose come in and get sterile needles, we can also get Narcan, can get treatment, etc. So that's sort of a hole that your area is in right now and it's kind of hard to dig yourself out of if you have no programs that interact directly with the population who's dying.
0: Dennis, kind of explain more what a syringe service program is and, you know, give me some examples of where this is used somewhere else that seems to be successful.
1: Yeah, so a syringe service program sometimes called a needle exchange, and 20 counties of the 88 in Ohio already have programs. Akron has a big program, Cleveland, of course, Columbus. And the way they work is people who inject drugs will come in um, and they'll bring their used um, needles and syringes and get sterile ones in return. So these were designed to prevent HIV and AIDS, hepatitis C. But we have found that they provide all types of benefits. People are five times more likely to go into treatment through a syringe program than through any other way. People get Narcan to reverse overdoses. So it's the most effective tool to to limit overdose death. Um, And it needs to be approved by a board of health. Like looking at Mahoning and Trumbull, for some reason, there's really never been a proposal to start a syringe program in your area. So your county's never rejected it, but you've never approved it. And it gets, it's getting like increased support at the state level, um, financially, I mean, increased support at the federal level. So these funds can be used to operate a syringe program, as can the the federal state opioid response grant can be used that way. So it's almost less a matter of money um, than a matter of prioritizing.
0: Dennis, I could see that if someone who might be in Ohio who is kind of distant from understanding what's going on in the state as far as opioid deaths, I could see how someone, maybe a naysayer, would be like, why are we providing the apparatus for people to continue their addiction. You kind of touched upon it a little bit in your past answer, but kind of expand on that if you could.
1: Yeah, because these syringe programs, needle exchanges, have been around 30 years, and the evidence is overwhelming that they don't increase drug use. People will just use um, dirty needles and share needles and get abscesses and HIV. So it's been pretty well established, and any of your listeners can just, Google centers for disease control, um, syringe service program, or a needle exchange. And like a fact sheet will come up, you know, with the information that I'm giving you now. Um, So, and and of course in Ohio, like Cleveland's had a syringe program for 20 plus years and it has lower than average HIV rates because of it. And the state, the Republican legislature, and Kasich signed it, authorized syringe programs to occur in 2016. So since then, they've been spreading because they really are effective. And if any of your listeners like know someone who struggles with opioids, getting a, a needle is the least of their concerns. So what we wanna give them is a sterile needle and also ask them the question, what else can we do for you today to make you healthier and your life better? Um, and that's something that law enforcement can't offer, but public health can. So people will open up and they'll get the Narcan, they'll get the sterile needles. And when it's time, when they want to stop, they're not going to go to the police. They're going to go to the people who've loved them for the last year when they were in active and often chaotic use. And they're going to say, Now's the time. Can you help me? So it's a matter of building trust. And that's why it's so crucial. For Youngstown to start a syringe program.
0: You kind of touched upon the use of Narcan and its availability. Does there need to be even more availability of this and where is a good place for, for Narcan uh, to be available?
1: The Harm Reduction Ohio is the largest Narcan distributor in Ohio. We're the largest project Dawn. Um, site, which is the Ohio Department of Health Naloxone program. So we know a lot about it. We get about 30,000 kits a year, reverse more than 5,000 overdoses. Um, And you have in your counties some decent Naloxone distribution. I wouldn't say it's great if you look at the numbers, but you asked a good question, where should Narcan be available? And the answer is everywhere, especially where people use drugs. And overdose, it should be available at bars, it should be in convenience stores in restaurants, um, not just health departments and at homeless outreach. And from what I know about Youngstown and Trumbull, it's done okay, but you haven't done as well as most of the rest of Ohio. So and I know part of it because these programs run through public health departments. And your public health departments have been so overwhelmed with COVID and other things that it's been hard to expand. But, um, you, you know, when people, people who use drugs are the people who are dying of overdose deaths. I mean, there's, there's no way around it. So we want to get people who love them, but also we want them to have the Narcan. So if a friend overdoses, they can, they can use it to reverse it. The other thing that um, is very important is Youngstown um, has high levels of cocaine, fentanyl overdose death. So it's not just opioid users. It's people who use stimulants. More than 1,000 people in Ohio and Youngstown is number one in metro areas for cocaine, fentanyl overdoses, overdose deaths. So you really need to get... um, Narcan to stimulant users who don't think that they're at risk, but it's opioids mixed in to their drugs that are killing them, both cocaine and fentanyl. You also see it in um, the black overdose death rates in both Trumbull and um, in Mahoning counties are double the white overdose death rates. And the reason is primarily cocaine fentanyl cocaine in these communities so your counties just looking at the data really have to make special outreach efforts to get naloxone to black residents and to residents who use cocaine and um and meth so this is why we can't treat our way out of it we're totally supportive of methadone and suboxone clinics and treatment but these opioid treatments um can't really handle this the current Overdose death epidemic is stimulant-driven. It's killing people who use meth and cocaine. And statewide, and in Youngstown in particular, we haven't done a good job of reaching the people who are dying.
0: Let's talk about the, you know, back to the $808 million that's coming to Ohio. Has this been a little too secretive in how these funds are going to be decided on and dispersed? And how can we
1: improve that? And I'll ask Matt, maybe you know, there's 19 regions in Ohio that will distribute it, but there's no bylaws for the regions. The agreement says they'll form a board of directors. Who? How do you apply? There's also a state. One Ohio is the big nonprofit foundation that they're founding. So and it's got a twenty-six member board of directors, eleven of them appointed by the, the governor and the attorney general. So I asked, how do you apply? Who gets to be on it? And the answer is, don't worry your pretty little head about it. We'll just pick people. To which I'm thinking, I have a problem with that. And Youngstown um, in Mahoning County right now, it should be open. Like if you're interested in serving on this board that will control millions of dollars and sort of direct our overdose prevention effort, please apply, we wanna hear from you instead what I hear is, you know, like, oh, just county commissioners, oh, we, we make, make commissioner one or township trustee one, you know, running the money. And I think that that's problematic. You would never have um, a billion dollar effort dedicated to HIV prevention that doesn't have people who suffer from HIV on the, on the board or you wouldn't have like a civil rights, trying to improve conditions for black residents without black residents on it. So here you have a billion dollar program. And so far, there's no commitment that anyone who's affected by it is gonna have any control or even influence or say over the money. And this is the, this is the problem harm reduction Ohio has, is the people who are impacted deserve to be involved in how this money is spent and it's particularly important because the formula that got Ohio a billion dollars more than other states is large is to a large extent based on the number of people who died. We're getting hundreds of millions extra for people who died. They died for this money and the population that they're from are entitled to have a say in how it's spent not to I love you know the county commissioners and everyone is is great but it's not their field of expertise. And it's not where the death is occurring. So that's the one thing that I've been pushing. And I hope that your listeners understand. It's not a a ridiculous request that people who are dying be involved in the decision making. What do we do to change that? Um, It's really up to right now. Like there's literally no law or no um, rules on how the money is gonna be spent or who's gonna do it. The legal agreement's silent on it. And one Ohio, which is the statewide foundation gets the majority of the money in addition to what Youngstown and Mahoning, the millions that they're getting, um, it has no bylaws. The nonprofit that's gonna get the billion dollars hasn't even been created. So it's very difficult to say like, how do you influence it? So what I'm trying to do now is encourage people to get involved, ask their county commissioners, ask the people that just to allow them to be involved. And I do think if people ask to be involved, there's no devious plot here. People just did. The lawyers just didn't think about it. Oh, we'll put, you know, 600 million into a foundation, etc. cetera. But now we're at the next generation of questions. Well, how will that be spent? who will spend it, et cetera. And that's, I think like the little transition, I think Ohio is supposed to, is gonna be the first state to get the money. Most people don't realize this because we sort of settled a little bit separately than the big global. So the money's supposed to come in toward the end of this month, like a few hundred million. So I'm thinking it seems a little late to me to be deciding like, oh, how are we gonna, who's gonna run the money? But I guess it can sit in a bank account. But all that is going to play out over the next six months. So it's a very important time. I think overall, I I want to stress, Matt, I think the structure of the settlement is excellent. Putting it into a um, nonprofit foundation, sending it directly to local governments, even some of your small villages will be getting 10 or 20,000, like putting it where it can be. And it's not unreasonable that they were silent. The agreement was silent on the details. It's a much better agreement than the tobacco settlement of 20 years ago, which basically got looted and wasn't used for that at at all. This one is locked up, and it's directed to where it needs to be directed. So I don't want to make it sound like I'm really negative on this. Um, I'm positive on it. But the devil is in the details, and we're at a very dangerous part, whereas if we don't get it right now, then the flow – could go in the wrong direction, and it wouldn't be an effective use of a billion, a billion and a half. Which is the billion is just the starting of what Ohio's get. I mean, there's still the OxyContin making and other makers are still going to settle, which will probably bring in another half billion. So there's a ton, there's a lot of money involved.
0: All right, it sounds like we have a lot of work to do uh, to make sure that this money gets to actually saving some lives. Dennis, is there any final thoughts that you have on this?
1: I just appreciate you being concerned, Matt. All right,
0: Dennis Kuchan, thanks very much. He's with the Harm Reduction Ohio, and uh, we hope to make some good use of these funds and save some lives here in Ohio. So thank you for joining us for this 21 News Podcast. I'm Matt Stone. Have a good day, everyone.